0: Mark Hurd, former Chief Executive of Hewlett-Packard, an information technology giant, is a strange, almost incongruous business hero. With his prim and proper manner, and crisply knotted ties, his hair cropped short, with every strand in place, and his work-his-way-up-the-ladder career with National Cash Register before he joined Hewlett-Packard, and then Oracle— he hardly conforms to the devil-may-care image of the modern entrepreneur. What he did to revive the fortunes of the legendary Silicon Valley firm hardly breaks new conceptual ground either. He cut costs and 10% of the workforce, focused the company's strategy on a few core areas, and separated product divisions. He also hired senior managers from outside the famously insular company. These are the sort of routine measures that rarely generate headlines. That, according to Hurd, is how it should be. Work a day, stick to basics, get the essentials right management, is what he thinks most companies need. As he told The Economist, a vision without execution is nothing. Whenever anyone asks me about vision, I get very nervous. You've got to be able to tie it back to strategy. You've got to tie accountability to things. Vision is Nothing Without Execution is the best summary of this book. The implication of numerous presentations and business books is that the design and execution of strategy are a mystery that only business gurus, highly paid consultants and MBA graduates from the best business schools can unravel. That is nonsense. Developing good business direction is not magic nor does it require the IQ of an Einstein. It is a tough and sometimes exhausting process that can only really be understood in the context of what a particular chief executive or senior director was trying to achieve at the time. Effective business strategies have an almost mundane quality, usually consisting of ideas that are already known. What really matters is making sure that these ideas are right for the organization and more importantly, getting the rest of the organisation to agree with you. Looking back. British Airways. Is this something new? Hardly. It was the case twenty-five years ago, with one of the most spectacular corporate turnarounds in the 1980s, that of British Airways, B.A. The vision of Sir John King, later Lord King of Watnaby, had for B.A., when he was appointed chairman in 1981, to be the world's favourite airline, is hardly something that needed the foresight of Leonardo da Vinci. The method by which King proposed B.A. should achieve the goal, putting the customer first, is so blindingly self-evident that an undergraduate from any second-tier business school could have come up with it. The trick, from King's point of view, was persuading the managers and employees at B.A. that he meant it. King had one focus for change that he was able to use to his advantage—the imminent privatisation of B.A. under a new Conservative government. This gave him a window of opportunity. It imposed an external driver that was evident to everyone, and he used it to impose several important reforms that would have been difficult to achieve in other circumstances. Costs were savagely reduced between 1981 and 1983— Heavy financial losses in 1980 gave King the license to remove 50 of the airline's 150 senior managers, sending a loud and clear signal to everyone that things had to change. Firing people and cutting budgets are always the easy part. But King also used BA's message of strategic intent, put the customer first, as the focus for organization-wide customer service campaigns— led by project teams that acted as agents of change. This was followed in 1985 by a new marketing drive, spearheaded by initiatives to revamp the corporate image, including a new livery and new advertising campaigns. The timing of this decision was important. King waited until the internal revolution was yielding results before he started to make claims that might otherwise have been shown to be a sham once customers compared the image they saw in the...